We're talking today about sometimes I just need silence. Silence belongs to an earlier age. Our age is an age of noise. And with the advent of digital social media has come the white noise of everyone expressing themselves, their opinions. So silence is now a precious commodity, a scarce resource that is hard to come by. Go to a coffee shop and the music is blaring so that it's difficult to even think let alone talk. There's no silence. Go food shopping, and they're playing music over the intercom, often terrible music. Sounds like the singer is dying. Everywhere you go, people are talking, talking for the sake of talking, saying little to nothing of any depth or benefit. And very few people are really listening either. Listen to the morning shows on local television and radio. Have you listened? Talking about nothing. People in constant motion, one activity after another with no pause, no silence, no stillness. Insecure people talking nonstop and not really listening to anything you say. There's a lot of white noise, background noise, and it helps to keep people from doing any deep thinking or any soul searching. Keeps people from truly knowing themselves, who they are, and why they do what they do. And so as a result, there is little to no peace of mind, let alone peace in the heart. We end up with a non-thinking consumer culture of people who do not know themselves. And the supernatural peace that the Lord spoke so strongly about, it's missing. That peace of mind, that peace of heart. In John 14, 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give it to you. A peace that brings relief from the constant turmoil and anxiety of daily life. I don't know about you, but sometimes I just need silence. I want silence. Silence is a necessary component for us to have that peace. And so once in a while I just need to sit in the corner with a hot coffee and a good book and just be quiet. But more than quiet or silent, as in no talking or no noise, but also still and silent on the inside, experiencing that peace that passes all understanding so that there's no inner turmoil, no anxiety, no worry, no uncertainty. I crave silence around me in an age of constant noise and activity and motion, and it's hard to find. I crave, crave silence and stillness inside of me, something that I call a rest from the rush of constant thinking, emotions. It's necessary to create, because without that silence, without that stillness, without that inner peace, there's no knowing ourselves, no depth to life. And so I hunger for and actually work at making times of silence and stillness in my life. And my life tends to be fairly busy. King Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 7, There is a time to keep silence and a time to speak. Psalm 46, verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. So still and silent or at peace Lack of turmoil, lack of anxiety, lack of motion. Just being still and silent. 
That's what I crave. And sometimes I just need it. Personally, I'm at a point in my life, a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual point, where I just want to be quiet, very quiet. I crave silence on the outside and the inside. And the reason for that is I've come to realize you can only hear God's voice once you quiet the noise around you and within you. And God wants us to hear his voice. In John 10, verse 3, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice. And there are many voices that we hear on the inside and the outside. But he says, My sheep hear my voice. In John 10, verse 4, he says, They know my voice. They know which voice is his amongst all the many voices speaking to us. And then in John 10, 16, he says, And they listen to my voice. And the word listen to there includes, implies, that you obey and follow what it is he has spoken to you. To hear his voice, we need silence. We need quiet. We need a sense of inner stillness. We need a sense of that divine supernatural peace that passes all understanding. To hear his voice, we need to quieten all the other voices we hear. Inside, outside, we have the voice of our friends, the voice of our heritage, the voice of our past experiences, the voice of our family members, the voice of our emotions. Our opinions have a voice. Our generation has a voice. We have the voice of the media, the television, radio, and social media, the voice of our music, the voice of religion, the voice of tradition, even the voice of demons and the devil himself. There are numerous other, more personal voices as well. The voice of guilt, the voice of shame, the voice of rejection, even self-rejection. And without quieting all those voices, without some intentional silence, the weary soul is a prisoner being slowly worked to death in a merciless gulag of endless noise. That is why if you have ever walked through an ancient monastery or cathedral, which I have done many times overseas, you experience a sacred stillness and silence, and it's tangible. That is why a walk by yourself through the forest when camping allows you to experience the reverent quiet of the woods, and it refreshes your soul. There is the holy hush of the cathedral, the sacred stillness of the monastery, and the reverent quiet of the forest, when a gentle silence and stillness replaces the constant noise and turmoil. Then and only then does your soul have a chance to heal. Only then does your soul have a chance to heal. Take a trip through an ancient cathedral or a functioning monastery and you will be greeted by a sign that says, Silence, please. It's almost like a desperate plea for the soul of man. A place of silence and stillness is needed today to pray well, to experience silent prayer and allow the soul to heal. Now, we can pray anywhere, anytime, but to pray well... To pray in a way that restores your soul, we need to find quiet and we need to be still. It's not just the silence of prayer that's needed, a posture of quietude 
needs to be adopted by contemporary Christianity, especially in North America. Too much of the most visible presence of Christianity in North America is loud, forceful, and angry. Too often we're known for what we are against and not what we stand for. Too often we get embroiled in current trends, controversies, conspiracy theories, instead of sticking to the basics of the gospel of the kingdom. Too often we are loud and not gracious and quiet and gentle. And I believe that we don't need to add more noise to a raging turmoil we see and hear daily in our world of constant talk and a 200-plus channel universe. Go back to 13th century Italy, and you would find that it had plenty of its own social, religious, and political problems. But a young man named Francis found a more creative way to respond than by pushing his opinion, yelling at people, or striking out in protest. Francis, who came to be known as Francis of Assisi, or St. Francis, lived a quiet life of prayer, peace, and poverty, offering an alternative to the society of his day. He offered a counterculture. He demonstrated an alternative way of life by cultivating silence and stillness in his daily life and in his interaction with others. He lived life from a place of silence and inner peace and quiet, from a soul that was healed, from a soul that was whole, healthy, and at peace not only with God but with others and with himself. He's a great example for us to follow. In the turmoil of our times, we need to be more like St. Francis and less like Fox News. In today's world, we need more of Francis of Assisi and less of Rush of Limbaugh. We need a quieter, less combative, less belligerent Christianity. More quietness and trust. Less riot and protest. Less constant noise and endless chatter to which few are listening anyways. As Isaiah the prophet dreamed of the coming reign of God, he expressed his hope by saying these words, Isaiah 32, 17, The effect of righteousness will be peace, and the result of righteousness, quietness and trust. The effect of righteousness will be peace, and the result of righteousness, quietness and trust. Peace and quietness, so that we can trust God. Isaiah sees the result of Jesus' birth as king as the reign of an inner quietness and inner trust that results in a lifestyle that speaks of peace and patience, gentle power, and purpose. An inner confidence, silence, and inner stillness that was seriously attractive to those living in a world of constant noise and turmoil, stress, and anxiety. There's a group of people today who are fascinated by a kind of loud riot Christianity where the point is to make a lot of noise and attract attention. And they justify the approach by saying things like everywhere Paul went there were riots. And that may be true, but the riots were not Paul's doing or desire. In Jerusalem, Paul was arrested after being falsely accused of starting a riot. In arguing his innocence, Paul says, they did not find me disputing with anyone or stirring up a crowd. 
That's in Acts 24, 18 to 21. Acts 24, 18 to 21. Paul never advocates for loud public protest, just the opposite. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 11, he writes, Aspire to live quietly. If you read the Passion Translation, it says a lot more than that. Aspire to live quietly. It reads, Aspire to live a calm and peaceful life as you mind your own business and earn your living, just as we've taught you. Paul goes on to say in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, lead a quiet and peaceful life. In other words, Paul suggests that we live a quiet Christianity. Almost all of Jesus' kingdom parables are quiet stories. According to Jesus, the kingdom of God is like seed being sown. That's quiet. Plants growing. They're quiet. Bread rising. Does it quietly. A woman sweeping her house. A shepherd searching for a lost sheep. A wayward son coming home at last. A father quietly waiting for his son's return. But because we are obsessed with all things big and powerful in a conventional sense, we are convinced that to change the world, the kingdom of God and the church needs to be big, loud, and in your face to be noticed. Like a construction site. You know, very visible, very loud, moving things, building things, lots of noise and activity, noticeable. But the kingdom is more like a forest growing. Too much noise, like a construction site model of the church, is incompatible with the kingdom, which is silent and still, but constantly and powerfully growing and moving and defeating the darkness. It's interesting. When Solomon was building the temple in the Old Testament, it was different than today's construction site. It had a unique protocol. In 1 Kings 6, verse 7, it says, In building the temple, only blocks dressed at the quarry were used. No hammer, chisel, or other iron tool was heard at the temple site while it was being built. In other words, it was quiet. During his ministry, Jesus refused to contribute to the noise or the arguments, the discussions, the public displays of his age, even when his opponents were aching for a fight. In Matthew chapter 12, let's read verses 15 to 19, paying attention to the last sentence. It reads, Jesus, aware of this, withdrew from there. and Many followed him, and he healed them all, ordered them not to make him known. This was to fill, fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, who said, Behold my servant who I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel, he will not cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. The church and believers today are not a special interest group that has to make its demands known. We should not be standing outside of the regular flow of life, yelling at the sinners and the sin. We must be more like the disciples and Jesus on the road to Emmaus. We find that story in Luke 24, verses 13 to 25. There you find Jesus joining two disciples who are walking and talking together, and he joins them in their conversation. And in the process, the Holy Spirit opens the hearts of these two disciples while Jesus opens the scriptures to them. And then they 
sit together at the end of the journey, at the end of the day, and they eat a meal together. That is the church. We don't have to be out there fighting against or even fighting for something. We don't need a pet peeve to be fighting about abortion, homosexuality, war, poverty, justice, climate change. I'm not saying that we should not be concerned and involved. I am saying we can be involved and active, but quietly, one-on-one, -on -one, in everyday life. We don't have to mimic the noise of special interest groups such as we've just seen with the protests at COP26 held for the past two weeks in Glasgow, Scotland. We can be an alternative, an alternative of quietness and trust, a gentle refuge of peace, a place to discover the voice of God speaking to the world and speaking to troubled individuals. A seed planted, a plant growing. We can be the yeast and the bread, the shepherd quietly searching, the woman quietly sweeping, a father quietly watching in hope, the wind blowing, the watchman on the wall. St. Francis walked the world quietly spreading the love of God and the grace and forgiveness found only in Jesus. He walked the hills of Umbria, Italy, barefoot in his parched brown habit, simple rope belt, preaching to birds and bishops, as someone once said. His life was so simple, quiet protest against the general lifestyle of 13th century Italy, the sinful lifestyle of 13th century Italy. He spoke quietly, and he quietly spoke of the need to remove sin from a person's life, and thus from society in general, and even the current church of his day. He spoke about sins such as pride, greed, corruption, violence, sexual immorality. He quietly spoke with words and deeds about the need to treat all people with dignity and respect. In fact, it has been accounted to him to have said, as you go, preach, and if necessary, use words. He did not yell at sinners living in sin. He loved the sinner and spoke gently and quietly about God's love, speaking into the heart of the sinner, calming the inner turmoil caused by sin so that love and the Holy Spirit could do their work. Francis understood that you don't yell at the darkness. You need to simply shine the light. And remember, Matthew 5.14 says you and I are the light. He understood that you can't argue someone into the kingdom. You love them into the kingdom. And because of his simple and quiet lifestyle, and the ministry of lovingly pointing out sin in the life of sinners, sinners themselves were drawn to Francis and his message. In his lifetime, 40,000 people, 40,000 people joined his rigorous, rigorous order of radical Christianity, which emphasized a simple lifestyle, humility, and living with only the basic needs of life being met a lifestyle that emphasized silence on the inside. No inner turmoil, no inner anxiety, worry, no uncertainty, but an inner peace, an inner contentment, an inner quiet, a silence that was outwardly seen and felt by those they lived with and ministered to. An inner peace and silence that was seen in their lifestyle and interaction with others.
an inner peace and confidence that was seriously attractive and was exactly what people were hungering for. So as we work at and experience this silence and the accompanying stillness, we will hear and we will recognize the voice of God. And we will sense the presence of the Holy Spirit in a very real and always fresh and practical way. And there will be an inner stillness within, a peace that passes all understanding, that will be attractive to those who live in constant turmoil and unrest or a lack of peace. People live today with spiritual unrest, turmoil, mental unrest, turmoil, emotional unrest, turmoil, relational unrest, turmoil, physical unrest, turmoil. And with that inner peace, you will sense the whirlwind, the turmoil within others, and be able to speak gently into it, helping them to find Jesus, who is the only one who can calm the storm, and speak the words, Peace, be still. <laughs>